Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsmen of Colorado. I'm Donnell Johnson with Lisa Thompson here. We have Angela Hawkins in here as a special guest and Courtney Nicholson today. Um, we're going to be talking about new hunters in the outdoors and some of the hunts we've had this year and, and provide some ways for you guys to network with other women in the outdoors um, as well as other hunters. Hi, I'm Lisa Thompson, and I just want to say a shout-out to Scott. I know he's uh, in Texas doing some hunting. So, Scott, thanks for letting us host your show, and uh, we look forward to this hour talking to the ladies and seeing how their hunting season went. And we have some first-time hunters, um, elk hunters, and uh, we're going to hear how it went for them. So Angela Hawkins is here in the studio with us, So, um, and we have Courtney Nicholson online and uh, those are two people that we have taken out through um, Step Up, Step Out Colorado. And we just want to hear what they have to say um, about their experience in the outdoors. So, Courtney Nicholson, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Thanks, Donnell. I'm doing great. So, we ran into you uh, last year on a pheasant hunt, I think, is how we met you through our Hunting Divas channel. But we just wanted to have you share some of your experiences this year being a new archery elk hunter and also going back into the wilderness and packing in. So you've got a few um, stories to share with that and, and just uh, encourage those new, um, or maybe some ladies or men out there that are wanting to step out and do it, but just haven't had the courage to do it yet. Um, we just wanted to hear a little bit from you today. Absolutely. Um, so I'm fairly new to Colorado. I moved out here New Year's Day of 2016. So last year was actually my first elk season. Um, so I went out for a couple of weekends, did... Um, maybe hiked about two miles in, stayed for two days, and um, had some encounters, but not within bow range. And then this was my second season elk hunting, so I decided to go zero to 60 and do a nine-day elk hunt. So um, wow. <laughs> actually fibbed to my friends that I went with. <laughs> That's awesome. And said that I had, went on a, uh, had been on a longer trip before, but I had actually never backpack for more than I think two nights so to go from two to eight was quite a lot so um but it was such a fabulous trip I definitely stepped out of my comfort zone and um and it was pretty cool what, and, so, uh, so and then <laughs> what would you say is one of your highlights from that and, and maybe your biggest challenge just to to share with others so they would know how to prepare for something like that yeah, so um, I have a lot of people that I've kind of met through social media around the country who have been coming to Colorado to elk hunt and say, what's your tip? Um, our weather here is just really kind of crazy. So for our archery elk season, we had almost 70-degree days, and the nights got down, you know, sometimes to 25. So um, it's really kind of tough when you're hiking five, six miles in the morning, um, you kind of work up a sweat and get hot and get cold and you just, everyone says layers, 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 and it's true. So, um, that's kind of the biggest challenge, um, for me at least. Now I understand you had one guy with you that uh, didn't have all the, the gear and you were able to help him out. <laughs> so I went with uh, a few of my friends from Florida. So one of, uh, one of our friends has only seen snow once. So he kind of um, 
<laughs> we kind of all worked together to uh, to make sure he had a comfortable trip and kind of shared gear and clothing and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, like I said, we had some days that were 70 and we were, you know, jumping in the river and then we had we had snow. So it really it's all over the place. So you got to be, we actually, the day we got there was an absolute snowstorm. This morning we, we, we stayed at that trailhead that night, that first night, Friday night, and then woke up in the morning and it was driving snow just sideways. And we all were sitting in the truck. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I could just drive back to Denver. I could just, but, but um, how much fun is that? Yeah, right. exactly. So the, the snow stopped and, and we packed in. We went in about six miles, six and a half miles in. So um, With a 50-pound pack? Yeah, <laughs> with a 50-pound pack. So um, You did share yeah. one of your secrets with me. You you share, you uh, filled your Nalgene water, uh, bottle, bo- water bottle with uh, hot water before you go to bed at night to keep your feet warm. I didn't know about that. Yeah, so that was apparently an old backpackers uh, hikers tip. So, um, so yeah, if you if you fill it with boiling water and put it in your sleeping bag, it's a nice little hot water bottle. So, but so I, had I the, had go ahead. Sorry, some nights it was actually too warm. So <laughs> there was one night I had to reach it down in my bag and throw it outside the tent. So. <coughs> Well, that's awesome. I, I actually had already shot my elk in archery season, and I came down to help some of the hunters that were friends of mine. And I happened to just run into you at the top of the wil- <laughs> the wilderness trailhead, which was, if you think about all the wilderness trailheads in Colorado, what a random event. But it was pretty pretty cool. You had hiked out, and uh, you ended up staying a couple more days and hanging out with me. And I don't know if you would, would give tribute to, but I do think some of the calling we did was able to allow you to, to see a nice bull and to hear a bull chuckle at you the next day. And, and uh, do you have any comments on that? Did you guys do a lot of calling when you were back there? Um, we didn't do a whole lot of calling, um, mostly in the morning. It was pretty silent in that area, it seemed. So, um, but yeah, that was <laughs> so much fun to run into you. I was so excited to go home and take a shower and put on clean socks and, uh, and, and, what a wonderful thing to run into you. So, yeah, I, I definitely hadn't been doing a lot of calling um, on our trip. So that was really fun to get out with you. And um, one of the mornings when I chased up after that bill up, a bull up that um, crazy death ridge, <laughs> that one that one morning, and, um, and really got to use my my call that you gave me um, was really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Donnell and I, um, when we're out there and, and you've been out there with us, um, we do a lot of calling that even when it's silent, we try to stir up the forest a little bit and it's been really good for us. So I think uh, what I would tell you next time, Courtney, if you get back there and it's really silent, like you said it was, I would try to get some calling. I mean, who likes to be invited to a party or not invited to a party? So Donnell and I try to do a party for, for, for <laughs> our party. And it really helps. It's really helped us over the years. Um, we actually do different calling, her and I, um, especially cow calls. We have um, Angela probably could vouch for that. We sound different. But a bull's not usually willing to talk if there's one. But, boy, if there's two chatty girls, they, he gets pretty antsy that he might get two girlfriends out of it so i would suggest next year if you find that forest quiet you just get that forest stirred up just like those squirrels do when they make a lot of noise you know start making some elk noises and you might get some good things in in return and i think you saw that when you went out with donnell yeah and i and i never thought about that until um you ladies had mentioned it but that's something i do in the turkey woods is that i'll use um 
a mouse call and I'll use a box call at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, well, we, same we, thing. You know, if there's one, he might not come in, but if there's two, sure, he'll come check it out. Well, exactly. And that's why they call it an elk harem. He's not, it's not an elk single, it's an elk harem. And he's trying to gather as many cows as he, he, as he can because he's greedy. Yeah, that's what I think anyway. So, um, again, when we've pretended that we've been two or three different kinds of calls, just like you said, turkey hunting, it's been really, really helpful for us. So, again, next year, if you go in with those guys, take some different calls and start, um, start using them and, and get those bulls um, thinking that they're missing out. We've had the pleasure this year of using some of Wayne Carlton's new calls, and his website is Native by Carlton, and it has been amazing. That man has reinvented himself, I think, four different times, and, and uh, Lisa's just going to give you a, an estrus cow call here on one of his custom calls, but he also has one called the Green Weenie, which is, you, you can do that lighter calf sound, um, and then he's got a loud mouth, which I really like when it's windy. Um, and one of the things that Wayne talked about um, when he called for me on, on my hunt was to use that exaggerated cow call to draw attention to yourself. Don't be afraid, be afraid to be a loud mouth. And um, so Lisa's going to give you an estrus cow call, which is actually we used that um, third season this year. I did and turned a bull that would, had crossed over on another property that we didn't have access to. And that bull came back and brought the whole herd with him. And all I did, up until then, I hadn't done an estrus cow call. I was just doing cow calls and bugles. And um, I could tell I was losing him. So I thought, why not? I'll throw an estrus out. And it's third season. It already snowed. Um, and that bull came just straight into me within 30 yards. But Lisa, go ahead. And I'd like to tell people that are listening to that, if you don't think elk don't make that call, go up to Rocky Mountain uh, or Rocky Mountain National Park and watch them. They make that call. What that call is telling that bull is I'm ready, I'm in, I'm in estrus, and come get me, I'm ready. This is the day, this is the time, because it's a very short period of time. And they make those long mews like that, and they, and they shorten them and make long. And listen to Donnell's, and you can see the difference, how different we sound. So that's two different cow calls right there. And um, again, I highly recommend the estrus call. Uh, Donnell does a lot of lone calf calls. That's helped us a lot too. Um, it's it's like when there's a lost child, everybody goes and looks for it. Well, it's the same thing in the elk the world. When there's a lost calf, everybody comes looking for him. And I, we've had bulls come right in just looking for that calf. So um, learn that lost calf. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can actually watch Wayne Carlton do that cow call. And the lost calf is that one when you can't get any elk to come in. We do it quite often. And we have to go to a quick break here, but I just want you, Courtney, real quickly to tell the groups that you have out on social media or website that if women want to get hooked up with some other ladies that maybe they were just wanting to get started and get in the outdoors, how they can do that. Absolutely. So I started a website called ColoradoWomenWhoHunt.com, and it's just a great free resource for ladies to go online. We post lots of events local Colorado events and national things, um, and all of our weekly meetups. So we get together and we shoot pistols, we shoot archery, um, we have little meet and greet nights. So check us out, coloradowomenwhohunt.com, and come hang out with us. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. We're going to go to a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk to Angela about her experiences in the outdoors. And thank you so much, Courtney. Colorado Women Who Hunt, um, check that out. In a flash from out of nowhere, your whole life can change forever. 
It happened so quickly, nobody saw it coming. Soon the medical bills will be arriving. Will insurance cover your injuries? Does the other driver have assets? Should I sue? It was his fault after all. After an accident, you need to call the law offices of Flesh Law. Flesh Law will never settle until you are fully compensated for your injuries. Call 303-806-8886 for the Flesh Law Firm. 303-806-8886. Online, go to fleshlawfirm.com. Flesh Law, the trial-tested, trial-ready attorneys. November is Senior Pets Month at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Hi, this is Scott Watley, your host of Haystack Help Radio. Did you know that if your dog or cat is seven years old, your pet is a senior citizen? All through November, bring your senior pet in for their annual or semi-annual exam and receive $25 off of a senior pet blood panel, and you'll receive an entry for your chance to win a fabulous senior pet gift basket. Senior dogs and cats are at risk for many of the same illnesses and conditions that affect older humans, such as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, arthritis, dental disease, vision, and hearing loss. Call 303-708-8050 and schedule your senior pet for their exam now. That's 303-708-8050. Help your pet live a long and happy life. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center is located at 8681 East Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week for your convenience. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve a good life. 303-708-8050 or visit them at LoneTreeVet.com. Lynn Lyle Chevrolet is having its year-end clearance sale on all new 2017 Chevrolets. Other Chevy dealers are offering 20% off. We're going to top that. We're offering 30% off on new Chevrolets. Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, I-225 in East Colfax or on the web at LynnLyleChevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome. You're listening to Sportsmen of Colorado, and we just interviewed Courtney Nicholson, and we talked a little bit about Colorado Women Who Hunt, her website, where you can um, hook up with some new women hunters, or if you want to go shooting in the rifle range with ladies night out. Um, t- we're getting ready to go in here now with Angela Hawkins, and she is new to hunting. We met her last year through Step Up, Step Out, a social media group that we also have as well. It's a nonprofit, but we just try to help women and children and new hunters um, get into it. And so we're going to talk to her a little bit here now. I've got Lisa uh, Thompson here in the in the booth with me, and uh, uh, we have Scott out hunting pigs. I think this week. Yeah, Scott's in Texas running some pigs around. So. So we're thankful to have this opportunity just to share some things we've learned in the field this year. We learn every year, and we've hunted for about sixty years between the two of us. That oh, makes don't us sound young. like that. I know, but anyway, um, so we're going to talk to you, uh, Angela. Here, welcome to the show, Angela. Hi, how y'all doing? Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for um, having me. We had the blessing of meeting you last year on a doe hunt, and I think we, you guys taught me how to play poker. We didn't get a shot, <laughs> but we had a great time. It's the journey, right? That's it what is. I keep telling you. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and how you got into hunting. Uh, well, I'm an avid outdoors woman. I've been doing backpacking very uh, a lot. I should say, um, for about 13 years. Um, I have backpacked from Grand Canyon out to the Smoky Mountains to, you know, talking about, you know, Courtney talking about her nine days out there. That's awesome. Getting ready to do the Grand Canyon again in March. Um, 
So I've been in the outdoors quite a lot already in my lifetime, but have never had the opportunity really to start hunting. And I've always been interested in it. So it was really exciting for me to meet y'all um, through Tiny and have an opportunity to go out with other women. Because um, a lot of times, unfortunately, I do a lot of it on my own because there's not a lot of other women out there that like to go out for nine right. days and right. get dirty. Um, so it's really nice. And it was been a lot of fun. I've, I've said many times that the experience for me has been wonderful because of being with other women that are like-minded and love the outdoors and just being outside is the important thing to me. So Right. God's great outdoors. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit, um, what, what made you decide to go from being in the outdoors to start hunting? Uh, again, like it, it's always been something I've been interested in and my family has done it, my extended family. I, um, I grew up military brat, so I never had the opportunity to even really try it out because we were always in a different state than the rest of the family. Right. Um, and so finally, uh, when I moved back to Colorado after being in Nashville for a while, I decided to go ahead and start doing all the things I didn't get to do before. Right. And uh, one of those was hunting. My dad just got into hunting as well. Um, so he's going out for a doe hunt, actually, in the beginning of December out on the Eastern Plains. So that'll be fun. And we're kind of experiencing it together and learning together. It's been kind of fun. Well, why were you in Nashville? Let's tell people a little bit more about who you are. Uh, well, I moved out to Nashville to be a musician and was out there for about 13 years and had a great time, loved it. Don't miss the humidity, so I'm glad to be back home. Colorado is home. My family helped settle Colorado, so it's very much has always been a piece of my heart, and I'm glad to be back into the mountains and everything. So. Well, you're a recording artist also, so you have a band here in Colorado that plays all around Colorado. So what's your band's name? Our band's name is The Country Music Project, and we play all up and down the Front Range. So. And where will you be playing on Sunday? On Sunday, we'll be playing the Cabela's VIP concert, uh, Christmas party so that'll be up in Thornton so if you're a caller if you're a Cabela's VIP come here hear Angela um, sing I think it's gonna be a great time so yeah she has that raspy voice she reminds me of the female version of Bruce Springsteen so oh I'll take that yeah, thanks it's that raspy <laughs> I love that raspy voice <laughs> so anyway so when we we've been out elk hunting third season Donnell and I have been out there with you quite often and we've been up at four o'clock in the morning and we've stayed till dark and what not. So tell us what, what um, you thought about elk hunting and what we had brought um, some elk in fairly close. Wasn't what we were looking for, but tell us what you thought about that experience. All right. Well, luckily, because of my backpacking experience, the cold and everything, I already knew about having good gear. So having, uh, you know, warm clothes and the layers and everything I've already, I had already figured out. So that was a definite bonus. Um, I'm not really a morning person, so the morning stuff was a little bit difficult. I can't lie. Um, but being able to be out there and and honestly, hearing you guys call, I've never been into a big herd before. You know, when I'm out there, I've heard or seen a couple of singles and stuff when I'm backpacking, but never have been into a bigger herd. So to hear what y'all do with your calls and realizing that that's what needs to what needs to happen has been really interesting for me. Um, and then the experience of I, we got a little bit of a small herd that came in and had a couple of spikes in it. And one of them got to within about 37 yards or so. And I had my sights on him, you know, I was just kind of practicing and I knew I wasn't, I didn't think he was going to be legal. So I wasn't even going to take the shot, but, um, I, it was just an experience. Like when you guys, there was at one point where you had done, uh, uh, a big male call. I can't remember what it's called because I'm so a bugle. New. A bugle. Thank you. Um, and he just popped his head up and looked right at me. 
yeah, yeah, like that. And he looked right at me, and it was just so cool to see and um, and experience that. And we've got a little video of that out um, on YouTube, I think. But um, it's it on was just, Hunt and Divas under on your social media. Yeah, perfect. Um, it was it, it was an experience that I'll not forget because I've been around Elk before, but not that close. And and well, he was still. young, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is we've called big bulls in like that too. It yeah. just happened to be a herd with some young bulls in it, but we've had bulls come in at 15 yards that are huge six points. So, you know, communicating with them and getting them on that right day. And they're very curious, you know, yeah. um, they want to know what's going on over there. Again, he came up over that hill, if you recall, and I ranged him at 37 and a half yards and his other buddies were only probably 50 or 60 yards. And he wanted to know what was going on over there. Well, and the fun part was he left and you could still see some other elk moving in and through and we kept calling and he came back again he came back a second time which was kind of fun so and again that's on hunting divas on our facebook social media if you want to see that with angela and uh, you might be asking why she didn't shoot she was waiting for something a little bit more mature Uh, one of the things we did find out which we didn't know initially was if you are hunting east of i-25 there are no point restrictions and so it's just really important and we talked about that on the last show we were on with scott where uh, my son-in-law austin got a violation because of a technicality in the way that he had cleaned the elk so it's always really important to read the regs and and really really know your unit that was your only chance of shooting anything um, because all the other elk were across on a property line that we couldn't shoot but um, you learn a lot in these experiences you don't always um get to take one home but I always say you take home a memory and part of the journey um, it doesn't feed you in the winter but you know we we keep trying and you still have a cow tag and so um, we're hopeful for that as well. Yeah uh, Angela originally was going to go up in the high country third season and um, according to um, some of the social media that we saw the third season it looked like they got some serious snow It it showed people's tents collapsing and uh, blizzards that they couldn't even get out hunting and they were stuck in four-wheel drive. So I think um, I think we made the best decision for uh, Angela being a first-time hunter and um, some we got some property on the east on the east of I-25 to hunt and I think that would turn out pretty good. And then we like you said we got to hear elk, we got to call some elk in, and um, I, I just re- I tell everyone this in all the classes Donnell and I teach a lot at Cabela's and Bass Pro and Gander Mountain, which is no more, but. Um, in Sportsman's Warehouse, but we tell people all the time, read the first five pages of the regulations. In those first five to seven pages, really, it tells you everything you need to know. Um, and then if you very motivated, read more, but um, I, it tells you what you have to leave for identity after you get an animal. It tells you what it's required. And so, you know, if you use the rest of it for firewood, read the first five pages of the Colorado regs. So, I even had a deal this year. I had a had a Tacticam on my bow, and, and somebody, and I used some of that footage from, from the elk I shot, and somebody said, yeah, you're in violation. I said, no, I wasn't, because two years ago, they allowed us to add Tacticams and, and GoPros. As long as there's not a, a viewfinder in it, we can actually have cameras on our instrument that we're shooting, but we, that used to be illegal. And also, one of the things they passed um, two years ago is we have lighted, we can use lighted knocks, which really helps us in the archery world um, if we're searching for our animal after the fact. But um, it's, it's, it's interesting that people don't stay, and you do, every year there's, there's changes, so you need to be reading those, um, or at least networking with somebody who is. So Angela, just to um, go back to your through Step Up, Step Out, mm-hmm. tell us what you know about Step Up, Step Out. Donnell and I are mentors for the program, but how did you come about getting into that? 
Uh, I actually took my hunter's safety course uh, with my niece and nephew um, through a school program uh, out in Briggsdale. And it was a perfect setting for me because I didn't feel like I was asking stupid questions. I didn't feel like, because I didn't know a lot of the answers. And there are no stupid questions, everybody. Ask the question. You don't know until you ask. Um, but I met Tiny Thompson uh, through that. He was the the teacher. And Tiny is one of the um, the originators of Step Out, Step Out. It's his baby, his dream, and his legacy, and uh, I, he and I just hit it off quite well, and so now we've become tight friends, and uh, he said, you guys are going to get along so well, you need to meet these two ladies, and I said, okay, twist my arm, and I am so thankful uh, for that opportunity and everything, and it's just been absolutely wonderful getting to know him and being able to help out with the program where I can and and letting everybody know about it because... It's really nice to be able to have mentors when you go out there because, honestly, I probably would have tried to go out on in the mountains in third season because I would have been a little bit too cocky that I know how to backpack, I know how to hike, I'm used to carrying a 50-pound pack, it's fine. But you guys, you know, kind of reined me in a little bit and said, okay, hold on. And that was the perfect call. It was, I'm glad you made that call, and I'm glad that I had somebody to kind of hold me back a little bit for that because I would have gotten in over my head probably, for sure. And I think there were many people up there that were over their head, according to Facebook, what yeah. I could see from social media. They were lucky to get home alive. Um, let's go into first-time hunter that you are. You, um, We have about a minute here. Just tell me quickly. Um, you went turkey hunting with us and got your first turkey this year. I did. That was so much fun. We're sitting in a blind and, uh, you know, I come in and the, the, the Tom comes in and sees our decoy and he stops and turns back around. We're like, no. So I start, I pull my, my shotgun in and pull it over to the other side and it hits the blind. And so both of us were like, oh, that's it. So then I get it out and I get it ready. And all of a sudden I hear Lisa behind me go, take the shot. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I took the shot, and he had just popped his head up just right over the grass and got him, and that was my first turkey, and it was just absolutely amazing. That's well, great. Thank you so much, Angela. we got to go to a quick break right now. We're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. Check with us um, after our sponsors right now. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Now is a great time to get your furnace inspected. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is proud of their 45 years of HVAC service to Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and Denver metro area. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is your Lennox and Carrier expert heating and air conditioning contractor. They are proud to offer the finest heating, air conditioning, and indoor air quality products with prompt and professional customer service and satisfaction. Call today and mention Haystack Help Radio and save $25 off any repairs or $100 off your furnace installation. Call 303-798-3880. That's 303-798-3880 for your appointment today. Littleton Heating and Air, A-plus members of the Better Business Bureau and official Haystack Help registered company. 
This is Scott Watley for my friends at Rampart Firearms in Sedalia. This is a great store, family owned and operated. They buy, sell, trade, and consign firearms. You will find a great selection of new and pre-owned handguns, shotguns, and rifles. If you can't find the gun you want, Rampart Firearms will special order your gun at no extra cost. Found a gun on the internet? Rampart Firearms will do one firearm transfer and the background check for only $10 if you mention Sportsman of Colorado. Rampart Firearms, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Located at Highway 67 in Santa Fe in Sedalia. Rampart Firearms opens seven days a week. 720-468-0050. Need a new pickup? Lynn Lyle Chevrolet is having a Silverado year-end clearance sale. With Silverado starting at just $26.9, Lynn Lyle Chevrolet always has the lowest prices. Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, I-225 in East Colfax or on the web at lynnlylechevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome to Sportsman Colorado. I am Lisa Thompson along with Donnell Johnson, and we have Angela Hawkins in the studio with us. And uh, we just were, before we went on break, we were talking to Angela about being a first time turkey hunter, and she went out and got herself a big tom this year. And I just wanted to give um, a, a, a heads up that if you're a first-time hunter uh, with Step Up and Step Out, Colorado, that Angela's part of, we would love to take you and mentor you uh, turkey hunting. And so let us know if that's something you're interested in. You can go on Facebook and find us, Step Up, Step Out, Colorado. So, Angela, tell us a little bit more about your turkey hunt. Well, um, one of the things that I absolutely loved about it was a few days beforehand, y'all had put some uh, game cameras out. And you texted it to me and all the ladies. There was about six or seven of us that went on this hunt. And I said, that's the Tom I'm going to get. I pointed at the one I was going to get, and I texted that to everybody, and that's the one I got. Which is awesome. It was so awesome. It was awesome. Um, and he was a big, pretty, beautiful boy. Um, and he tasted delicious, I have to say. <laughs> I made some turkey tacos. And so it was you're a gourmet awesome. cook as well, chef. I like. I wouldn't say gourmet, but I like to cook for sure. Um, but it's it was so much fun having you know nothing but women out there and and knowing that there's others out there that are like us. Um, and part of that prompted me to start. Uh, a blog with my best friend Elizabeth. Uh, she lives in Pennsylvania and her and I used to backpack all the time together out in Tennessee. And so we started a blog and it's called Two Girl Trip. So you can check it out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. And uh, follow along in my training process for the Grand Canyon coming up this uh, March. And uh, so twogirltrip.com and it's all about women and outdoors. We do mostly backpacking and, and hiking and stuff, but we're also, now that I'm into hunting, we're going to be talking about hunting as well. So, so is that TWO or? TWO. TWO. Yep. Okay, so check that out, Two Girl Trip com and follow some of Angela's adventures. She has a very adventurous spirit, and it is fun when you hook up with other women that have that same heart and that same passion. And it is a newer world for women, but it's also a lot of open doors. And I've had different people ask me, you know, what the roadblocks are, and I don't feel like there are for women. I think uh, men have helped get women. I know a lot of men have helped me get in the outdoors. I know Lisa and I, we've had Wayne Carlton mentor us, and he was one of the first guys to invent a diaphragm elk call for Colorado. 
he was very instrumental in bringing turkeys to Colorado so that you were able to shoot one. He was part of NWTF and helped transplant some of those turkeys here. So I'm thankful for people that were willing to invest in me. And that's one of the things that Lisa and I do is step up, step out. We want to invest in other people. And we hope to see you doing that same thing in five to 10 years or next year, whatever. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's great to mentor. And that's just a nonprofit that we're a part of. And we want to help people have a positive experience in the outdoors. One of the nice things that with that program is we have landowners who donate uh, their property to us. And so that's truly a blessing to us to be able to take you in an isolated environment when you have that new hunter and try. There's a lot of moving parts. And it, one thing you don't want to have to worry about is other hunters messing with your hunt, which is something we deal with in the public, public lands, which um, kind of takes us to what we want to talk to next. Um, we have a company called Hunt Data. That's huntdata.com. And what we do is we create maps that help guys and women know where to hunt in the outdoors. And so we have concentrations. We even have turkey roosts and pheasant concentrations right now for those that are pheasant hunting. Um, we have goose. We have elk, deer, antelope. And we even have kill sites for um Moose, sheep, and goat. Exactly. There you go. And so we have those maps that are printed. They're in Cabela's and Bass Pro and Sportsman's Warehouse, as well as you can get them digitally for your phone. And so we are going to give out a free um, statewide to our second caller that calls in today. And uh, if they call in and just say, I heard you guys talking about the statewide digitals, we will give that out to you. So if you call in today, we will give out. That's a $100 value that gives you over 4,000 maps here in Colorado. So when you go in the backcountry, you just load that map before you go out. And um, once you're out there, you throw it into airplane mode. It doesn't burn your battery. And I can tell you time after time, I use it every time. This year we were out um, with my son, Zach. He shot a bull. Um, 15 minutes of shooting light on the last day. Lisa was calling with me and we were using Wayne Carlton's butthead decoy and we ended up having a cow come in. We and one of the things Wayne told me on my hunt this year, he said, you're not trying to win a calling contest. You're not intimidated to use that call. He said, but when you do use it, exaggerate it. Do an exaggerated cow call with a little bit of desire behind it. Um, and with that, Lisa and I were both doing that. That bull that he shot did a pass-through. That bull circled all the way around and came back into us again. And that was unbelievable to me. And he had a cow with him. That cow never left. We had that 3D decoy. She just kept looking at us like we were cute. And, uh, but truly, um, again, we've had Wayne invest in us and that was something he taught us on my hunt this year. And it, it calls are instrumental. It doesn't matter if it's fourth season, December hunt, a cow call. There's always herd noises going on when they're moving. You hear the muse and the lighter muse for a calf. You'll hear the bugle. Um, you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, I just want to go back to the hunt data stuff. Um, I was just talking to an end user yesterday. I was, um, I had given, he had bought some maps and we had helped him get them on his phone. And um, Hunt Data Digital, you can load it on your iPhone, your Droid, your Garmin, your iPad, your tablet, all those things. But the cool thing is, is um, he had, um, a lot of his hunting party had Garmin's and they had, and he had our map on his phone. And he said that throughout the week, everybody would sit there and watch him using his map on his phone and putting pins down and tracking and all that and they didn't really know how really to do all that on their Garmin because it's a little bit harder to figure some of those functions out and he said every single one I think there was 10 people in the party every one of them he wants to get it for him for Christmas because they want what he had and and not that we don't load to Garmin our product loads to Garmin but what what you see is that you when you put it on an iPhone you got a bigger screen you can take your iPhone into airplane mode and use our product and you don't waste any battery. 
Um, you could use it all day and maybe use 25% of your battery. If you're not calling anyone, texting anyone, or getting emails, and you go to airplane mode, you don't use your phone like um, you would if it was on. So anyway, I just thought that was a great testimony because he said everybody was so jealous because they were waiting for satellites to grab on their Garmin. They were trying to plot a pin, and he was like plotting pins, and he was off, and they the screen was so big and they were really, really envious. So I just thought that was fun. If you don't know anything about our product, you can go to huntdata.com. Um, we have tutorials. We show you what it does, but we have elk concentrations, antelope. Um, we have, like Donnell was saying, we've got lots of concentrations on there really to help the hunter. We take that from the Colorado Parks and Wildlife and we put it on our maps to help the hunter. And that's why we do it. So um, huntdata.com. If you have any questions, you can always email us and we will help you with anything that we can answer. And also on those concentrations, those are updated every year. There's a couple of units that they are, about a handful of units that they update each year, but it's a 10-year study. And so what was actually fun with us this year, we were on a turkey hunt with Wayne, and he was taking us out at dark 34 in the morning. We're driving along the road, and he, and he started kind of dictating off to the right. He goes, now over there on the right's kind of where the turkeys winter at. And I had my turkey map up that we had designed, and sure enough, there was a, a blue uh, diagonal concentration. I said, yeah, that's what we have. And then we got a little further up. He goes, now we're kind of getting more into their spring range. And sure enough, I had the red sideways diagonal. And it was pretty cool to see somebody who's a native, not a native of Colorado, but a native to that area and um, and truly just really knew the area and for him to be dictating where the turkeys were in those map, that map information. So somebody who's brand new to Colorado and they're trying to figure out where to hunt, um, that's kind of our slogan and our motto and that we're trying to help people know where to hunt. When we first moved here, it was the same thing we were dealing with and like Angela, when she moved here and now that she's starting to hunt is where do I go? I mean, that's the number one question. The second thing is you want to make sure you're not trespassing and you don't, don't get into trespassing so we show you that as well. We show you public and private land. And, you know, this year, again, with a new area we found in an over-the-counter area, my son-in-law got a, a bull archery. My, my son got a bull archery, which that's about an 8% success rate. And that's pretty awesome to be getting into the there was an area there that showed it as a resident herd we had stopped and it was at dark 30 and we threw out a bugle and we heard a bugle back and so we followed the road up until there was national forest access and we the the rest is history we found a great new honey hole and and truly nobody told me you know that was just a place we discovered using the maps and um, it's just fun to me to go into new units and check out that information. I even, I've even had guys at shows go, you can't, you can't tell people that. That's where I hunt. <laughs> but we show up for every unit, for every species. And a lot of people don't do their homework at the end of the day. Um, but sometimes we just recommend a hunter moving over one ravine from where they're hunting. Maybe they're hunting where they're, they're seeing some elk sign, but 90% of the herd may be using one ravine over or two ravines over. And the second, uh, one of the things that Wayne taught me this year he said, whenever you um, maybe get a call back and you know that there's a bull up that ravine, he said, one of the things, you you, you know, you check your wind. I mean, their, their sense of smell is amazing. But he said, go one ravine down, go up it and go above them and come in above them if the wind is, you know, and, and I did that this year and got in on a bull. And it was just a new technique that usually I would try to just go up the exact ravine they're in and try to stay to the left or to the right. And I just completely went up and above. And he was one of those big chucklers that I usually never get to see because he outsmarts me. I felt like I won a contest. I didn't get the bowl, but I did get to see him. So um, anyway, any thoughts on that before we go to break here in a minute? 
You're just speechless. I'm speechless. It's just I was taking it all in. Um, I think the thing about when you have a, a platform like Hunt Data or whatever platform you're using, it's I think if you get lost in Colorado, it's because I believe you haven't done your homework. There's so much stuff out there between maps and different kind of products. Even if it's not our product, just go out and get something that makes you that will help you get back to your camp your truck or whatever i think the reason we're successful um and our families are successful with hunting is that we're willing to get a mile or two mile a couple miles off the road and part of that is that we have a product that we use that i'm not scared that i'm going to get lost and we had a rancher friend a few years ago we've been trying to put his his very own ranch on um trying to put the map on his phone and he didn't do it and he kept never had time well sure enough he parked his atv one day and he went to go find it last year about a year and a half ago it took him five hours to find his atv he got in the car within that week and he drove up and he, then he let us put the map on his phone and this is a ranch they've had over 120 years but again it all looked the same he couldn't remember where it was and so again i would just empower you to put some product on there that you can go out and get that mile or two miles off and not feel like you're going to get lost. And I think we hear that a lot when we teach classes, Donnell and I teach, and we hear that people are worried they're going to get lost. So again, look at our product, huntdata.com. And if um, you uh, call in today, if you're the second caller, we're going to give you one of those. So um, we need to go to break right now. When we come back, we're just going to talk a little bit about both of our hunts and how calling impacted both of those. You're listening to Sportsman's of Colorado. You're here with Lisa Thompson, Donnell Johnson, and Angela Hawkins. We'll be back soon. Need a place to set in your rifle for the upcoming hunting season? Let me tell you about the official shooting range of Sportsman of Colorado. Blue Core Shooting Center. Open Mondays 10 to 6 p.m. and Tuesday through Friday 10 to 8. And for your convenience, Saturday and Sunday 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Blue Core offers the only 100-yard indoor range in Denver. Become a member for only $35 per month, and you can shoot an unlimited amount with no lane fees. With your membership, there's no waiting your turn. You can reserve a lane online. Blue Core Shooting Center is even climate controlled for your comfort. Blue Core Shooting Center, 7860 West Jewel Avenue in Lakewood. Tell them Sportsman of Colorado sent you. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. 
Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. Snow's coming, and at Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, we have over 150 pre-owned trucks and SUVs on sale right now. We made a special purchase, and we'll wholesale to the public. 4x4 starting at just $59.95, so come visit us. Lynn Lyle Chevrolet, I-225 in East Colfax, or on the web at lynnlylechevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. I am Lisa Thompson, along with Donnell Johnson and our special guest. We have in studio here with Angela Hawkins, and we're just kind of talking girl talk a little bit about the outdoors and women in the outdoors. And um, I just wanted to talk about a little bit to Donnell here about her hunt. She drew a special draw this year um, down south, uh, up No Tellum Creek. I can't tell you what unit that is because that's our secret spot. Super special. And we had the privilege of um, having Wayne Carlton on the hunt with us. And if you, if anyone, which most people do know who Wayne Carlton is, he is the first one that designed the diaphragm colony as many calls out there. Uh, we always kind of said it's kind of cheating when you have Wayne because the elk really think that that he's really an elk. So anyway, I want to talk to Donnell about her hunt. And um, she got a beautiful six-point bull with her bow and arrow. And I was on that hunt with her, and what a pleasure that was. Really proud of her. She made a great shot, and um, that bull expired within a few minutes. It didn't suffer at all, and everything went great. So, Donnell, tell us a little bit about your hunt in, in the special draw. And I had a unique experience this year in that I had my appendix burst um, the week before season opened, and we'd had this extravagant plan because we'd, like like Lisa said, we've uh, been able to teach a few, few classes around Wayne Carlton, and we got to go on a turkey hunt with him this year. So he offered to call for me, which was a huge bucket list. I've had Lisa calling for me, and so having both of them in my back pocket was truly like cheating. But um, actually, I was so excited for this hunt. It took me uh, seven points to draw the tag. And so when my appendix burst, I was pretty discouraged, not sure if I was even going to be able to, to get out there. But I knew this was once in a lifetime to be able to have this exact setup. So we didn't end up doing the pack back into the backcountry with the mules like we originally had planned. We were going to go in opening weekend with mules and go pretty far back in. Um, but with everything changed and with my health situation, we ended up playing it a little bit safer. Um, but we, we got up at dark 30 on the went into an area. And truly, we were going to try a new area. And... Wayne looked at me and he said, go with what you know. He said, if you know of an area that's been historically good for you in this place, he said, I would recommend going with what you know. So we did. And we were hiking in at dark 30 and um, Wayne was throwing out bugles. Lisa was throwing out cow calls. And we got that bugle back right as we opened into this park that went straight up to this high, high ridge. And it was maybe 15 minutes after sunlight and sunup and shooting light and we could see that bull just coming down the mountain and he was just on a dead run to us he probably dropped six or seven hundred vertical feet to come down to us and we we were using wayne's new decoy called butthead so we um i had lisa with me i had sarah uh, cousins running video and then i had wayne and so those two backed in behind but they threw butthead out in the bushes they put pulled me behind the bushes um and um so he was on a dead run down to that decoy but i did i lost visual once they once i got out of sight and so that was truly one of the most unique hunts in terms of 
Um, it, we kind of were iced for about three minutes. I had no idea if he was still coming. He was quiet. I, I didn't have a visual anymore. Um, I had a diaphragm in my mouth, which I finally learned to start using a diaphragm. And truly, um, Wayne's new Rip It uh, is just really, really easy to use. And I just did a light cow mew. He did a louder cow mew behind me, and that bull just lit up. He was running down. He was, at that point, probably about 100 yards from me, but I couldn't see again because of the the bushes. But the video is is awesome. Again, if you got to Hunting Divas, um, my eyes just get huge when I hear him bugle back. And, and so I go ahead and draw. I It, would, again, was just so unique to draw on something that I have no idea what it looked like. And, and so I had about five seconds once he popped in front of me and he actually flared away from me and so I no longer had what I would call a quality shot because when you're bow hunting it every every little thing counts angles everything and um, so Wayne threw out an exaggerated cow call and that bull just he popped back 45 degrees straight dead on for me and I like Lisa said I got a great shot um, he didn't he maybe went 100 100 yards up the ridge and just start come tumbling down so um, beautiful beautiful hunt for me and, and surrounded by great friends and it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't always work textbook. And I've definitely had my share of, of coming home empty-handed, but it was a very blessed year for me, thankful for the friends that were there with me along the journey. Yeah, I called a couple more friends in, a couple big hefty boys, and um, even Wayne had a quarter on him. But we got that bull out in one trip, and that was great. So so talk about that for a minute because, we, you know, we were a mile back, but I know, like, my son-in-law shot his three miles back. Every mile counts when you're talking about an animal that weighs about a thousand pounds. So, so we teach classes um, at the stores that we talked about. Um, Donnell's on the pro staff of Bass Pro. I'm with Cabela's on their pro staff. But when we teach classes, we teach classes on lots of things: turkey, bow hunting, whatnot. But we teach also how to bone an animal out. And you know, a lot of people, when you take it to the butcher, that's exactly what they do. They take all the meat off the bone. Well, we just do that out in the field because why pack something that that the bone is really heavy. Um, so we put it in game bags and let it cool off. And um, if you're curious about something like that, just uh, go to huntdata.com, give us an email. We can send you uh, some of the stuff that we have on that and from our classes and whatnot. But um, over the years, I've um, taught Donnell how to do that. She's very good at it now. She's a great and, teacher. And uh, she realizes all those years that they quartered out and tried to drag them out and um, pack them out was a lot of extra trips and a lot of extra weight. So I highly recommend that. That's what most people don't want to go a mile or two miles is because they don't know how to get the elk back because they think they're going to drag it. Well, you're not. You're going to pack it on a frame pack or a horse or whatever, but I would highly recommend learning how to bone an animal out. Um, I went this year to an over-the-counter unit, um, second season, and I'll be doing that for like the next eight years until I draw again in a special draw. And 90% of Colorado is over-the-counter. Yeah, which a lot of people don't realize. You can actually have a friend that comes in from out of state, as long as they have their hunter safety, and the day before the season starts, you can go to Cabela's, Bass Pro, Walmart, whatever, Big R, pick up an over-the-counter, second season, third season tag, um, or you can pick up a leftover tag. And so I want to talk about that in a minute, but finish what you're thinking, talking about. Well, the place I went to, there's orange on every mountaintop and every crevice of the whole area. There's a lot it's of a pumpkin hunters. patch. It's a pumpkin patch for sure. But again, um, I think um, the reason our group does fairly well is we're willing to get off of our ATV where we're going. And I, I think one day I put in over 10 and a half miles. And again, that doesn't just happen during season. Um, I try to stay in shape throughout the year and whatnot. Like Angela was talking earlier, she hikes all the time. She extreme hikes. Trust me, I'm I'm listening to some of her hikes where she, she makes goes. Us I'm look like, wimpy. I look like a little baby, but... 
Um, anyway, I just would highly recommend getting in shape and getting away from all those hunters because that's what the elk are doing. Sure, once in a while they'll run across the road and somebody will chase a herd across and there will be some, some, some stuff like that. But if you're willing to get a little further back, get some software that you can find where you're going, um, I think you're, it'll, you'll increase your success greatly. And we always tell people, drop a pin wherever you've dropped your vehicle or where your tent is. And and it might even be you know that you know how to get back there. But if their fog hits the mountains, snow, rain, um, it the elements change so quickly in the Rocky Mountains. And, and so a lot of people get overconfident in that. And I think that's why people get in trouble. But Lisa and I have had to pull out our, our digital hunt, hunt data maps, even when it's an area we've hunted a jillion times. But the fogs come in and we get disoriented. You know, you think you're doing something a certain way and all of a sudden you see that you've done it made a circle <laughs> it's like i'm gonna have to get my my maps out but i wanted to talk about something really quick in terms of the leftover list so on my hunt where i told you i drew, my appendix had burst i actually had called parks and wildlife and talked about turning my tag in because i wasn't really sure if i physically could go on the mountain so what would have happened if i would have turned my tag in is my tag would have become available to the next person in line in that unit because it was over a certain amount but if it's under a certain amount it's just a two or three point um, tag that was a limited hunt. So she said 90% of it over the counter, but that for that 10% that's limited, you're going to get into areas where there's better elk like I did this year. I got a great six, but I was in an area that has a limited amount of hunters in there. So the elk tend to be more mature. But if you can get into one of those limited areas, you've just increased your odds and the number of elk are better and the herds, are, herds typically are better. So if you watch that leftover list, if I would have turned that tag in and it would have only been at like a two or three point tag, that would have gone on that leftover tag and you could have picked it up and it wouldn't have used any of your points. And so that's an amazing thing. They just opened that up last year, Parks and Wildlife. And if you go, if you even just Google Parks and Wildlife Colorado leftover, you can see those leftover tags. And it's for deer, antelope, all of the above. If it's five preference points or more and it becomes a leftover license, they go to the next person in line for that unit. If it's four points or less, it will go on the leftover draw. And Angela here, tell us how, I mean, we talked to you about getting you licenses this year and how did you get yours? Well, I had um, a cow and a bull tag for up in a unit up in the mountains up by Kremling. And uh, that was third season, and that's when you all talked to me about, well, that's going to be a pretty tough hunt, and we know that you're a bad A, but you probably need to, you know, hone it back a little bit. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, because my my goal was to get something and learn how to bone out. And I'm not, I don't learn by seeing, I learn by doing. So um, I, I wanted to try to get that done. So what I did was I went, I didn't have a bull tag down in this area down here. So I actually was able to just go and buy a bull tag um, for that area that we went to um, at Cabela's. And then I turned in my cow tag that I had um, up in the mountains and exchanged it at CPW. I actually had to go to one of their offices Parks to do and it. Wildlife, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they exchanged it for me. They took the old tag in and then issued me the new, the, tag. The new tag for the new area. So mm -hmm. as long as you do that before the season opens, if right. the season would have opened, it would have been too late. Right. But, but a lot of people don't understand. They think, you know, once they have a tag, that's where they have to go. Um, again, you can turn something in if something's on the leftover that you want, or if you're getting an over the counter bull tag, obviously that's something easy to do. But just a short correction on that though. If you go to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife, if the season started, you can still get that tag if it's on the leftover during season, but you have to go to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. You can't get that tag anywhere else. Right. But I just learned that myself this year. But, I thought but, once the season started, you couldn't, but you can. 
I'm saying turning hers in. Yes, if yes. If the season had before. started, you, they yes. wouldn't have, yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to Sportsmen of Colorado. Um, we're, I'm here with Lisa Thompson, and she is the Vice President of Marketing for Hunt Data. She's also on the pro staff of Cabela's and all kinds of other sponsors. Um, but she definitely just knows a lot about hunting. She's been a, a great friend to me. This is Donnell Johnson. I'm one of the owners of Hunt Data, um, longtime friend of, of Scott as well. And he's allowed us to be here today. Thank you, Angela, for joining us. Thank you for your blog, um, twogirltrip.com, if you want to follow her there. We also had Courtney Nicholson. Thank you for being on the show. And that's Colorado Women Who Hunt, if you want to uh, meet up with some other women that are getting in the outdoors. Also, for any of our hunting products, you can go to huntdata.com. Uh, thank you again for, for listening to us. Lisa, you want to say goodbye? Uh, yes, thank you, Scott, for having us again. And also look at Hunting Divas on Facebook, and that's Don and I's page, and uh, come check it out. Happy hunting and shoot straight. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.